Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Woo! Good morning, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Coastal Community Church. Uh, I am Pastor Chris. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today uh, here in person. And uh, for those of you watching online, thank you for tuning in and engaging with us. Uh, it's here! Woo! Uh, we are finally in. Uh, it is Grand Opening Sunday. How about that new space over there? That's exciting, isn't it? It's beautiful. Um, can you believe it? I, I'm not sure I can. Um, I'm not sure I can. It's the day that we have been talking about, uh, praying for, planning for, working towards, giving towards. Uh, so much has gone in uh, this past year. And I can't let this, uh, this moment go by without thanking a few people. So really quickly, uh, I just want to mention a few groups of people that I'd like to thank. And you can applaud for them. You can cheer for them. Uh, first of all, our setup crew. For 58 weeks, uh, Coastal Kids met across the street, and uh, you set up every su every Saturday, took down on Sundays. Thank you so much for being a part of that. And then, of course, our Coastal Kids volunteers who've been so flexible, so willing to do whatever it takes. also want to thank those of you uh, who have given uh, towards Daring Faith. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. I uh, have given to, toward the new building. Uh, God has done this through you. And uh, we are very, very grateful. Uh, I'd like to thank our staff. We have an awesome staff, don't we, here at Coastal? Yes. Uh, their hard work during this past year, uh, their flexibility is so inspiring. They put up with me, too. Um, we'd also like to thank... Um, our construction uh, company, Hill Construction. Uh, Chip Crane, the owner, was here on Friday night. And uh, we have some special guests with us today. Uh, raise your hand, Gene Garrett, Justin Benton, their families. Uh, there they are. Sit in the back row, Justin. There you go. Uh, I'd like to thank those guys, um, project manager, site manager. Uh, our architects were LS3P. Uh, David Burt, the principal architect, was here on Friday night. Uh, John Pettit, this is kind of cool, another architect with LS3P. LS3P, actually a part of our church as well, and he was a part of this project. So I'd like to thank those guys as well. Um, but there is one more person I want to thank, and that's Ricky Spell. Uh, Ricky has been a part of Coastal from the very beginning, over 31 years. Uh, he helped build this building. Uh, the one that we're in right now. He is basically our facilities manager, and uh, he was the owner's rep uh, for this uh, construction project. Ricky, I don't know where you're at. Nobody knows the hours and the effort that you put into this project, but I do. And uh, we as a church are very, very grateful. So, yeah, lots of, and I know there's lots of others, but I wanted to hit those people. Think about this. Three years ago, three years ago in May of 2018, uh, our staff met with a group of architects at LS3P to begin the process of dreaming about what we could do with this property. And from that meeting, uh, we created our master plan. Then two years ago, we announced that we were launching our Daring Faith uh, Giving Campaign. And I stood before you as your pastor, and I said that our church is at one of those crossroads, a crossroads where we have the decision to either move forward, keep reaching people, or just kind of fall back in reverse. And I shared how I felt that God was speaking to us, saying, the time is now. It's time to pull out all the stops and to do whatever it takes to keep reaching the next generation for Jesus. But 
God is waiting. And he's waiting on us to step out in faith and attempt something so great for him, so big that there's no way that we could do it on our own. Not so, you know, the watching community would say, wow, what a great church, or wow, they got a great pastor. No, not at all. But that they would say, wow, what a great God those people serve. And I shared with you how we were going to attempt to step out in faith and commit to give over a million dollars in order to completely gut, rebuild, and expand our children's space and then our welcome center tools that were going to enable us to keep growing and to keep reaching out, to keep reaching that next generation for Jesus for years to come. And so if you remember, we created and put together a little magazine, you know, that we gave out to everybody. And you might remember we held a series of meetings where we kind of spelled out the entire process in great detail. At the end of those meetings, I would, we would go outside, kind of walk the campus and say, hey, the building's going to be here and it's going to go to here. And so for two months, our entire church learned about daring faith together on Sunday mornings, uh, in our life groups, and through personal devotions. Week after week after week, I challenged you that what Christianity at its core is all about is faith. And if you believe that, then it's time for us to put that into practice and to go for it. It's time for us as a whole church to do whatever it takes together to prepare for the future and to communicate to the community around us that, hey, Coastal is here for good and we're ready for growth. It's time to leave a legacy that's going to far outlast us. You know, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Time to, to move forward, to dare to believe. Because when God speaks, we obey. We follow. The question, however, was this. Do we want to be a part of it? And are we willing to step out in faith? And let me tell you something, the answer two years ago was a resounding yes. We did that. We stepped out in faith. We dared to believe. Uh, on Sunday, November the 10th, 2019, our church gave the largest single Sunday offering in our history. Over $200,000 and a three-year giving commitment of over $1.7 million. It was a miracle. An absolute miracle. Nobody could deny it, challenge it, ignore it, rationalize it away. It was a, a miracle of flat-out generosity. And listen to this. We did it all through giving. Through giving. There was, there was no fundraising. You know, we didn't, we didn't have any bingo parties. No, no raffles. No thermometer on the wall. We didn't sell Jesus junk, okay? We're against that, okay? Um, it was all through your generosity and your commitment and your sacrifice. And then, four months later, what happened? COVID hit. COVID. Nobody even heard that word before. But what's crazy, listen to this, is that during all of it, during all the uncertainty, all the fear, all the sickness and death, all of the division and hatred, the shutdown, all of it, our church, you, we continue to give and sacrifice and love and to love on and to serve our community. We actually grew as a church. And then on top of all that, you know what we did? We did what we set out to do. We built a beautiful building. 
But the question I want us to talk about today, on this day, on this moment, is not how much money did we give or how beautiful our new building is. It's this. What did we learn? You know, what, was, what has the last two years taught us? You see, believe it or not, the last two years have not been about building a building or giving money. You know, buildings are just tools. That's all they are. It's a leverage for the kingdom, for the community. Listen, it's been about building and stretching our faith. It's been about deepening our love, teaching you about generosity and sacrifice, enlarging your hope, challenging you to dream big dreams for God and to keep doing that. Listen, the building, it's just a byproduct. You know, this church is never going to be the same. Many of you are never going to be the same. You're going to look back over these, this time, you know, this past year, the past two years, and you're going to say, you know what, in spite of all of it, all the circumstances, that was a turning point in my life. That was a turning point in the life of our church. You see, the real miracle is not the money we gave or the building we built. The real miracle is what's happened in the hearts and the lives of our people. That's the miracle. That's what this has all been about. You see, I am celebrating today. I am. I am celebrating not because we have a brand new, bigger facility, you know, with all the bells and whistles, the indoor and outdoor playgrounds, more space for our kids, more space for groups and for ministry and for the community. I am celebrating today not because of all the technology, as awesome as it is, and all the pretty new furniture. I am celebrating today not because I don't have to set up a folding table in the old Welcome Center as my office while middle school kids come back and forth for P.E. I am celebrating today not because we don't have to set up Coastal Kids on Saturday mornings you know, across the street and then break it all down on Sunday after church. Now, I might be celebrating those last to just a little bit no listen to me i am celebrating today because all of it every last square inch of the new facility it is simply an example of what happens when a church dares to believe in a miraculous god it is a testimony of our faith in a good and gracious and loving god psalm 77 14 says this you are the god who performs miracles you display your power among the people listen many of you today are walking miracles why does god do miracles to show that he is still in charge that he is still in control and there's a lot more to come psalm 78 7 says this so each generation should set its hope anew on god not forgetting his glorious miracles or and obeying his commands by the way you don't have to depend just on miracles from the past or in the bible to base your faith on Listen, God is the God who is still working miracles today. And he's going to continue to do so in this church and in your life in each generation so that, what does it say? Each new generation would put their hope in God. Not a pastor, not a person, not a building, but in God and that we would continue to obey his commands. So if you haven't guessed it yet, today we're going to take a little break uh, from our series that we're currently in on the fruit of the Spirit. 
And today what I want us to do is we're just going to kind of look back a little bit on some of the lessons that we've learned. Some of the lessons that we've learned from the past couple of years. You know, the Bible says that um, we need to remember. We need to remember the lessons of the past. We need to remember the lessons that we've learned in times like these. You know, think about Moses for just a moment and uh, the children of Israel. You know, after God delivered them from Egypt, they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years, essentially. Essentially because they just kept forgetting the miracles that God had performed. And, and, they, and, and the lessons that he wanted them to learn. And so God had to teach them over and over and over again. And that happens to us sometimes, doesn't it? It does. We're stubborn. You know, we often have to relearn lessons and we constantly forget just how miraculously God has provided and protected or delivered. Deuteronomy 4.9 says this, but watch out. Be careful, to, be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. That's what I want us to do today. I want us to remember for just a moment what God has done. So that we can pass it on to your children and their children. So, what did we learn? Three categories of lessons I want us to take a look at today. Lessons we've learned about God, lessons we've learned about ourselves, and some lessons we've learned about our church. What have we learned about God? First of all, number one, God is in control. God is in control. You know, isn't it funny that that's a lesson that we have to learn over and over and over again? I mean, we think we're in control, don't we? We really do. We're like those young couples, you know, before they have kids, before they have kids, right? You know, bragging all the time about how things are going to be different when they have kids, right? They're never going to let their child, you know, fill in the blank, right? Whatever it is. Eat certain foods, you know, watch TV. Oh, no. Keep them up all night. That'll never happen. I mean, how in the world can people let a little, tiny, seven-pound, miniature human being dictate what they do or when they do it, right? And then they have children. <laughs> and what do they discover? That the world really belongs to that tiny, little, seven-pound monster, and they're just living in it, right? Listen to me. You need to hear something today. The world belongs to the Lord. And we're just living in it. History really is his story. And if the past two years have taught us anything, it is that God is in control and we are not. You know, Proverbs 16:9 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You know, I look back and think a lot about how things unfolded uh, over the last three years. You know, that if we had started Daring Faith, that Daring Faith Giving campaign, at any other time, it wouldn't have worked. And we wouldn't be here where we're at today. And yet, God used that. And he used daring faith and the principles we learned, not only to, you know, build a new building. No, he used it to see us through a pandemic. And to grow us and to grow our church and to do a work in us. You know, we make plans, but God's plan and his timing is perfect. That's a lesson we learned. Lesson number two, we cannot outgive God. 
We cannot outgive God. We can try, but it never happens. And let me tell you this. Even if God never did anything else for you, you could never ever repay Him for what He's already done for you in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 9 says this, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seed will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and, listen to this, plenty left over to share with others. That's the principle of the harvest. You sow and then you reap. Now, if you choose to sow only a little bit, then you will reap only a little. But if you sow generously, if you give generously, then God's going to bless you generously. Why? Why does God generously bless in return those who give generously themselves? So that you can have you know, more of the American dream? No. No. He tells us here in this passage to meet all your needs, not your greeds, okay, to meet all your needs, and then listen to this, to give to you so that you can share it with others. We say it all the time here at Coastal, we've been blessed to be a blessing. You know, there are some famous uh, water channels and canals in the world, maybe some of you have visited them, the Erie Canal, the Suez Canal. The only purpose of channels and canals is to connect two larger bodies of water to serve as a conduit. Well, in the same way, God designed you to be a channel through which He can bless this world. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to receive His blessings so that you can store or hoard them for yourself. He designed you to pass that on to other people. And, and the miraculous thing is that if, if you will live your life with open hands, there's no limit to how God can bless you. You cannot outgive God. And we've learned that as a church over and over again. We cannot outgive God. We as a church have been blessed to be a blessing. And I want our church to be known as that. I want our church to be known in the community as a generous church that holds everything that we have with open hands, even that new facility. We're constantly looking for ways to bless other people. Just a couple of things we learned about God. What have we learned about ourselves? Number one, we grow through commitments. We grow through making and keeping commitments. Commitment is, is the foundation of character. It's the starting point for spiritual growth. It's one of the marks of maturity. Only an immature person goes through life trying to make, not to make commitments. Most of your life you can't do without making some sort of commitment. So, instead of trying to avoid it, here's the key. Make wise ones. Focus. You see, the problem is so many people today, they're kind of like half committed, you know, to like a dozen trivial things rather than being all out totally committed to the really important things. Every time you make a commitment, you follow through, you grow. Second Chronicles 16, 9, I love this passage. It says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are what? Fully committed to Him. That passage basically says that God is looking for people. He's searching back and forth throughout the whole earth, looking for people to use, looking for people to bless, looking for people to do miracles in their lives. But there's only one commitment. 
that we are willing to make an all-in, no-holds-barred, total, radical commitment to Jesus. That's the kind of people that God uses. That's the kind of church that God does miracles through. Second lesson we've learned about ourselves. Man, it feels good to give and serve. It does. It feels good to give and serve. Acts 20, 35, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Jesus said this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, that was probably one of the most common comments uh, that I heard leading up to, if you remember, Commitment Sunday during our giving campaign. You know, what a privilege it felt like. What a, what a blessing it felt like to, to give. Now, you know, somebody could tell you that a hundred times. I could stand up here and say that a hundred times, but you only learn it. You only know it through experience. Matthew 10, 39, it says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, for me what will happen? You'll find it. Listen, that's why here at Coastal, we make no apologies whatsoever challenging people to get involved and to start serving. Because Jesus said, listen, Jesus said, you want to find life, you want to find meaning and happiness, then you give your life away in service to other people. That's why we call our ministries here, our, our volunteer groups, we call them life teams. Because that's where life is found. Man, it's joyful when you serve and when you give. But, the, but God, God himself is the happiest of all because he's looking down at his family. He's looking down at you. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, man, that's my boy. That's my girl. These are my children. They're becoming more like me. They're becoming more like Jesus. They're learning to sit, serve and give and to be generous and unselfish. They're stretching their faith and they're trusting me. Just a couple of things that we learned about ourselves. What have we learned about our church? What have we learned about our church? We've learned that our church, we are a highly committed church. A highly committed church. You know, when we started this process two years ago, we said that one of the purposes of this whole process was to mature in Christ. It was to grow us spiritually and grow you have you know there, there's some churches and christians that talk about commitment and talk about maturity and talk about sacrifice but it seems like that's all they do they talk about it and at coastal you here put your your money your time your talent your resources where your mouth is it's a highly committed place I mean, think about it. Last year, uh, during, during a construction project, no less, okay, and in a pandemic, we set a goal for our Christmas offering, okay? Above and beyond our regular giving, our Christmas offering, we set a goal of $75,000, largest at that time. Do you remember how much you gave? Over $115,000. I guess my faith wasn't big enough, was it? You know, to set that goal. Wait till this year, by the way. Anyway, um, <laughs> But it's amazing, you know, every time we set a goal, it's just like God tops it. Now, get this, part of what we used that money for was to buy our very first box truck, right? For outreach. 
That truck was put into service in January of this year. And since that time, we have now hosted, you ready? 39 tailgate parties serving the homeless, the hurting, and the hungry all over this city. The average tailgate provides food for approximately 200 people. A quick run of the math means that that box truck in its first year of service has now fed approximately 7,800 people. I wonder what we're going to do with this next Christmas offering. We're getting another box truck. That's what we're doing. And on average, listen to this, our tailgate parties will draw as many as 40 coastal volunteers. And that's just the tailgate parties. Listen, that doesn't include things like Saturday Serve, Summer of Impact, Operation Christmas Child, Grab-and-Go Meal drive through drive throughs all the weekly serving opportunities. And then there are all the life teams, the army of volunteers who willingly and sacrificially give of themselves to the good Lord, to the church, and to the community. Your flexibility... Your willingness to embrace change, to, uh, to pivot and adapt, is truly inspirational. My wife, Janet, our children's director, she set a goal as we were you know, preparing to open up this new building with, with new classrooms and new needs to enlist 40, 40 new volunteers in Coastal Kids as we're preparing to open up. Do you know how many she got? New volunteers, 53 53. There are 125 volunteers over in Coastal Kids. I think they're all there right now today. Um, 2 Corinthians 8, 3 and 5 says this. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. That describes this church. You don't just give your money, you give yourselves. Highly committed church. Number two, this is a unified family. This is a unified and loving family. Nothing happens without unity. I mean, you could do some stuff on your own. I can do some stuff on my own. But when a group of people together are unified, man, nothing can stop them. Together, we can make an impact in the world. Together, we can make a difference for all eternity and leave a legacy. In Matthew 18, Jesus said this, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Unity is an irresistible force. Think about this. During a time when the world in which we live is more divided and angry at each other than ever before, political division, uh, racial division, economic division, masks, vaccine mandates, on and on and on, somehow we managed in all of that to give sacrificially, to build a building, to go portable, to worship online and in person, to serve our community, and to love each other and to stay unified. 
Why? How? how? Why is that? You know, I think partly it's because here at Coastal, that there is a laser-like focus on the mission that God has called us to. What is that mission? Well, it's over there on the wall in the new building. We exist to share and experience the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. And listen to me, we will not be distracted or diverted from that mission. Circumstances will change, methods will come and go, political parties will rise and fall, but that mission is here to stay. And it shapes everything that we do here. Everything. That's why there's unity here. One more thing that we learned about our church. Here it is. That God's not finished with us. We're just getting started. Let me tell you something. Today, I kind of feel like the MVP of the Super Bowl. I do. A reporter comes up to him and asks what? Hey, now that you've won the Super Bowl, what are you going to do next? And what does he always say? I'm going to Disney World. Listen, Pastor Chris, now that you've moved into the new building, what are you going to do next? Well, let me tell you something. Disney World is nothing compared to what God has in store for you and for this church. Listen, now that we've moved into this building, let me tell you what we're not going to do. We are not going to sit back and relax. We're not. We're going to keep loving and serving the community in which God has placed us. We're going to keep giving generously, and we're going to finish what we started in Daring Faith. We are going to beat down the gates of hell, and we are going to rescue people one life at a time. You know what we're going to do? We're going to fill up this building. We're going to fill up this facility, and we're going to add another service. And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to assemble the team. We're going to dream big dreams. We're going to build a dedicated worship space between the two oak trees out there uh, on the front lawn that's going to seat between 800 and 900 people. Ricky Spell, you ready? You got one more building in you? I do. Come on now. Listen. We're, and then, you ready for this? Maybe, just maybe, we're going to buy that old school across the street and we're going to turn it into a community dream center where we can keep loving and reaching people for Jesus where God has put us. Listen, until Jesus calls us home or comes again, He will finish what He has started. Are you ready? Woo! Philippians 1.6 says this. Philippians 1.6. I just want to close with this. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue it until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus returns. God finishes what he starts. And one day, he will call you home or he will come again. Are you ready for that? Are you? Listen, maybe you think you're here by mistake today or accident or you know, somebody invited you, just came to see what's happening, you know, big grand opening. You're not here by mistake or accident. Maybe, just maybe, God is drawing you to himself. One day, you will stand before God. He will call you home. Or one day, the sky will split, the trumpet will sound, and Jesus will return. Are you ready? You can be, but you only ready yourself one way. 
Not through good works, not through church attendance, no. It's through faith in his one and only son, Jesus. And God loved you, you, so much that he sent Jesus to this world to pay the penalty for your sin and for mine. And if you would just simply put your faith and trust in him, he will call you his own. And you can live with him forever and eternity. You can do that today, right now. That's why this church exists, to share and experience the life and love of who? Jesus. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you today for all these lessons and so many more that we have learned and will continue to learn in the next steps that we take in faith. And God, I do. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this place that we call home. May we continue to do exactly what we say we're going to do through you in faith. Reach out to people. Love, serve, give. Share and experience the life and love of Jesus with Charleston and the world until you come again or you call us home. And listen, today, if you're ready to, to come home to God for the very first time, if you're ready to step across that line of faith, it's, it's so simple and yet so beautiful and wonderful. Just pour your heart out to God right here and right now in a prayer. Pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I do believe. I, I admit it. I, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I've blown it, God. But today I humbly come before you and I believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that he's your son, that he came to this earth for me to, to die for me and my sin. I, I put him on that cross. But God, I believe that he rose from the dead and he is alive. And today I put my faith and my trust in him and him alone. And for the rest of my days, until you do come again or call me home, I, I want to follow him. I want to become more and more like you see me now. Your child. Forever a part of your family. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.